attitudes or wherever you fall within the family of God, let that be your calling. Do good. If it's God's placed me at Biola, now what do I do? You know? You study to show yourself approved as somebody who's not wasting your parents' inheritance or somebody who's not wasting their, uh, you know, scholarship or wasting their time or what have you. I didn't have the opportunity myself going through school to waste time because I always had to work. And so, you know, so I need to get this done, I need to get this done, and, you know, work, whatever. And so work is good. Work is good. It helps you. And when you have very little time, you better manage it very well. Uh, I did pass on uh, a little bit of my uh, uh, studies and all that to the missus. With a, uh, you know, she was typing every page as I was writing it out, type of thing in the middle of the night to get it turned in by eight o'clock. Otherwise, it's worth nothing. You guys know what I'm talking about. All right. So when we come to the end of our days, remember the uh, parable of the. Ten virgins, ten lamps, okay? Are you going to be ready? There's no waiting. You're either ready when the Lord comes again, or you're not. And in the church of God, it behooves us to be ready and to be doing those things that are good and pleasing to our Father. So when we come together as believers and love Him, and when we come together in the church, how should things be done? We just saw it a little bit earlier. As Paul said to the Corinthian church. Now, by the way, that was a very particular message for that church in that day and time because things were, oh man, chaotic. They were doing some things that were very dishonoring to the Lord. They were doing some things that just absolutely were unthinkable. Even the world didn't practice, some of the worldly people didn't practice some of the things that were happening in the church of God at Corinth at that time. It was so abhorrent. So he had a message that was very difficult, but he needed to share. That's not why I'm sharing this passage today. Because I hope there's nothing like that going on here that I'm aware of. Okay, So that's not the, the meaning for this particular passage this morning. But it is to say that as long as we're here, as long as we come to the house of God, whether we start at 9 or 9.05, that we do what we do in the name of our Lord, and that we honor Him, and that things are done productively. Moving forward with the purpose of Christ. And then you saw what Paul shared to Timothy there in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, and these things that you've heard from me, these things, you know, I'm entrusting to you. I want you to entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. In other words, from Paul to Timothy to faithful men and then these others who will be able to continue that teaching. Okay? So there's a uh, progression of the word. It's not just, we came to church, we're all filled, we got blessed, we, you know, were shared, the ministry of the word came to us, we were full of the Holy Spirit, we enjoyed the singing, all oh, we, you know, we shared our offerings, and, you know, we just shared fellowship with, with one another, the koinonia is great, all of that. But then if we don't go out to the world like this last song told us, if we're not sharing that with our neighbor, our friends, family, and so forth, then what benefit is there to the gospel? The gospel could have just as easily ended in the first century as it began. But because of faithful men like Paul, 
Remember he called himself the last of the apostles? Remember he had to be struck off his horse, blind, you know, and go without food for three days and nights? Why? So that he could get his mind straight and what his ministry should be. He should not be persecuting the church of God. Rather, he should be what? Sharing the message of these people of the way, these Christians. The message that Christ is our only salvific hope. He, or in Him, is our hope alone. In Him is salvation alone. There is no other whereby we can be saved than through our Lord. Right? It's only one mediator between God and man. Jesus, the Christ. He's our hope. He's the one that the Jews spoke of from long ago, uh, talking about the Messiah coming. Well, that Messiah has come, and He's already brought His salvation. And that salvation we have if we accept it even now. So these things, all that Paul was sharing with, uh, with Timothy and had shared, and how he shared with the Ephesian church and the Corinthian church and the other churches and so forth. And I want to go ahead and give you just kind of a little brief overview of what he shared with the church at Rome. And if you have your copy of the scriptures, you want to open up to the book of Romans, you can go in there and look. Well, what, he's, uh, what he was sharing and what he had already shared with Timothy, he shares also very eloquently in the book of Romans. In those first 11 chapters, you have what you need to have, or what you need to believe. Okay? So that's what you have in those first 11 chapters in the book of Romans. What to believe. There's the problem of sin comes in. There's the uh, forgiveness of sin in Christ. There's peace uh, with God through faith and through our Lord Jesus Christ, you have Romans 5 1 there, you have Romans 3 23. Remember, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, right? Remember what Jesus did in Romans 5 8, but God commended his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, amen. Okay, and you have uh, the uh, uh, in chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, you also have another passage that he shares with the people. 623. I'm going to turn there and I'm going to read it straight out of here. Alright, 623 says, For the wages of sin is death. It's a hard place to end, so let's not stop there. But what Paul had to share with the Romans, he shared with the Corinthians, we can even share right now. Folks, because we have sinned, because we fall short of the glory of God, we deserve, for the wages of sin is death. We deserve death. We deserve death, but in His mercy. The Bible tells us, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. We can have life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And that's the message that he shared with Timothy to be able to pass on to faithful men who will be able to teach others. And that's what we're, we're, we're learning ourselves. That's what we already know. We know what it is to know the Lord Jesus. And we know what it is to experience the love and the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. But sometimes we might fail to continue to pass that on. And if there is no heritage to pass on, if there's nothing that we think is important enough for us to save and to share, then what are we living for? We may as well go to heaven. We may as well die. We may as well end our numbered days here on this earth because our goal has already been accomplished. We've already done everything the Lord wants us to do. And yet, if we're still alive, what did Paul say? For me to live is what? Is Christ? Amen. But to die is gain. If and when, and it's when, the Lord calls me, I leave this earth, I'll be together with Him forever and enjoy the beauty of His holiness. But as long as I'm still here, as long as the Lord leaves me here on this earth, for me to live is Christ. I'm going to do those things that please the Lord. So how are we supposed to behave? Well, there's all of those different passages. One of the things I like is in um, Romans 8, in the, the first verse, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So be comforted in that. There's some that continue to go to church. They're trying to earn points. And I think I shared my testimony partially a, a week or so, a couple of weeks ago, where I was trying to earn points for God and, and so forth. Whatever we can do to you know, get a little bit higher. But that's not the way it works. The way it works is that once we accept the Lord, the Bible tells us there's no, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in the Lord, or if you've given your life to the Lord, you've opened up your heart to let Him come in, like it shares in the, in the Revelation. When you do that, you are allowing the Lord to take control of your life. And what He does for you is He gives you the promise that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I will never leave you out there by yourself. And you can know of a surety, and that's good, you can know of a surety that you are saved, that you're taken care of, that you've already won the prize. Now you just keep pressing on toward that prize. It's there. It's already been reserved for you. There is therefore now no condemnation for anybody who is in Christ Jesus. How many times have you felt like, oh my God, what did I do? Or I can't believe I, you know, I did that. Or, or I should have done that. You ever have that sinking feeling? Mm. Yeah, you're human. You fall short of the glory of God. And you deserve what we saw a little bit earlier. You deserve death. But God in His riches and His glory and His grace has bestowed upon you the gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And it says that there is therefore now no condemnation because of what He's done. Not because of what you've earned. Not how many points you've, you know, you've added up and tallied. And now your ledger sheet as far as salvation is is in the positive or in the black, as uh, they might say in money markets. But you are, on the basis of what Christ has done, saved. God 
has brought you to a right relationship with himself based on who he is, not because of any righteousness of your own. Remember, we all fall short. Start thinking yourself more highly than you ought. Okay. Try to go a few days without taking a shower. And then think how highly you think of yourself. Hmm. By now he stinketh. And that, I'm not just talking about Lazarus. I'm talking about somebody very close to home. Okay? We don't want to forget that these, you know, cells on the outside are dying off moment by moment. And if we don't refresh ourselves, what happens? We have decay and rot on top of us. All, of, all around us, actually. Okay, so some of these passages tell us how we're, to, how we're to behave. And then when you get over to chapter 12, and through the end of the book, that should be the, the, the first part of Romans tells us what to believe. The second part, chapters 12 through the end, tell us how to behave. So how do we behave in the church, and how do we behave in the world? The first thing we learn in Romans chapter 12 that first and second verse is Paul says to them, these are the Christians at Rome now, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve of what God's will is, His good and pleasing, perfect will. Do those things that are good and pleasing in the sight of God, and He'll reward you. Verse 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. Some of us go around like, you know, our stuff doesn't stink. Some of us go around like, you know, we don't have to put on our pair of pants just like everybody else. We just jump into them like Superman or Fireman, you know. But we do, guys. I don't know how, how you are, but I have to put it on one leg at a time. And sometimes it's one leg, then fall to the floor, then put on the second leg. Whatever it takes, okay. But none of us is perfect, and we're all human. You know what I mean when I say your stuff doesn't stink, right? Okay. Hopefully you understand where I'm coming from. We do fail. We fall short of God's, God's glory. There's none of us that's perfect. There's none of us that's just like in a movie set and everything's perfect. My wife and I have been watching this, uh, these shows. What's it called? You know, Millionaire Mansions or what's it called? Something like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. You see these places? They're so palatial and they're expansive and beautiful and, you know, made out of the finest products or the, you know, the, the, it's like, wow, wow. But that's really not where you and I live, right? But I'll tell you what, you and I are very likely the one, maybe 2% of the world's riches. You and I possess, we're on that top echelon. Every one of us here are in that top echelon. One, two, maybe five percent. Right there. Boom. Even a starving student has much more money, wealth, and uh, material uh, gain 
than most of the rest of the world. Everyone who's on food stamps, welfare, is doing much, much better than most of the rest of the world with either a refrigerator and or a, what do you call those things, microwave, you know, televisions, cell phones, okay, transportation, whether it's a bus or car or what have you, food in the refrigerator, mm-hmm, yep, we're better off than most of the rest of the world, and our God takes care of us. So what are we told right here about this personal responsibility? Presenting your body as a sacrifice. Giving yourself to others. That's what we're told here. Offer your, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God, which is your reasonable service of worship, or your spiritual service of worship. We're also told that we're to bless those who persecute, pray for those, uh, rejoice for those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, so these are some of the things that we can do with other believers that are here. We can greet, we can talk, we can share, we can cry, we can laugh, whatever it takes, but do that with one another. That's what the church of God should be like. That's what we do with those who are in our world, right? Don't you encourage somebody, embrace them and say, I'll pray for you, you know, let me help you, or what can I do, and, and so forth. Hope you don't say, okay, yeah, hope everything's cool, yeah, 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 and then walk out. Because what does that do? Essentially, that tells us, you know, uh, what James warned us about in his uh, little epistle is, you know, what good does it do if you tell them, you know, be warmed and filled and then you don't help them? One of the things all of us can do is we can offer a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. One of the things all of us can do is we can offer a prayer for others. One of the things all of us can do is we can come and we can touch or we can hug or we can share firm grip or five minutes of silent presence with somebody and I know you're hurting I don't know what to say but I'll just stay with you all of us can give that and how much did it cost just a little bit of ourselves giving ourselves as a living sacrifice to others praise the Lord so we want to present ourselves to the Lord so you see those verses. I want you to look at um, verse 14 as well. Let's see. Bless verse 17. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do uh, what is right in the eyes of everybody. If possible, this is kind of a, one of those things that you might want to underline, highlight, put a star next to, or so forth. It's one of, uh, one of my life's verses. So far as it depends upon you, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And by the way, you're not going to be able to make peace with everybody. Look at uh, Syria. We've tried to make you know peace with you know different sides, what have you. We'll look at your neighbor, no matter what kind act you've done or shown, or you've done nothing wrong to them or whatever. Uh, you know, it, it, you, you can't please everybody. And if you do, by the way, you're going to drive yourself nuts. Okay, don't do that. Just do as much as you can from your side of the of the street or you know the situation to be at peace with them if you can. And if not, then what do you do? You pray for those who despitefully use you and so forth, right? Don't take revenge. 
Do not, it says in verse 21 of uh, chapter 12, do not overcome uh, by, uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So these are good, good principles, good little precepts. And I'm kind of picking these apart now. I'm kind of adding them, just kind of like making my own proverb, if you will. In the book of Proverbs, when you read there, you see like, wow, does this go together? I don't know if this goes together. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But they're all little nuggets. They're little truths that you can hang your head on. By the way, every one of you probably has either a professor, a teacher, a neighbor, a grandmother, or somebody that gave you some little truth that you hang on to even till today. Remember that elementary teacher, what she used to say? Okay. Remember what grandma used to say? Remember what the neighbor, that crazy man across the street, used to say? And some of us remember those things, and they kind of stick with us, and you'll never forget. Just like my platoon number. They told us when we went through the Marine Corps boot camp that you'll never forget your, you know, your platoon number. I never have. Platoon, 1103, on the road. Okay, 1103. You know, platoon, 1103. You know, just you never forget. Some of those things you never forget. And the things that uh, Paul was sharing with Timothy, he told them, don't forget. And continue to pass those on. But don't just cast your pearls before the swine. Take what I've given to you and pass these on to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So don't cast your pearls before the swine. Don't, don't take what is the best of the word or your time and your energy and your prayers and your expenses and just throw them away on something that's not going to matter very much. But share those. Take the time with the ones that will actually, you know, benefit by it. And by the way, none of us knows which one is going to be that guy who sticks around, who's faithful, or whatever. So you cast your seed broadly, and then you see where it begins to land and grow, and that's where you spend your energies. Okay? We don't know, but God will use our efforts for good if we take what He's given and we do use those. All right. So we've talked about presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now we want to go to personal responsibility. Well, one of the things we know in chapter 13, the book of Romans, it says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. That authority exists because God wants it there. That's one of those things that we do things decently and in order. We are a nation of laws. We say we are, right? We're in a community that has, has little laws. We, uh, Hacienda Heights right here falls into the county of Los Angeles. And there are certain uh, uh, municipal codes that we have to follow within the county of Los Angeles. Otherwise, we'll be found to be doing opposite or something different from what the county has already authorized. And then we'll be found at fault. But if we do those things to you know, try to try and get along and so forth, then we can benefit from being a good neighbor and being able to live and, and, and have our being. This is the way God has ordained that we should live, under authority. In the church, by the way, we not only live under the authority of the people in the world and so forth, who do we live under the authority of? Those who preach, those who teach, those who are 
our leaders. How many of you said, when Mickle said stand, you said, no, I'm not standing, or I'm not going to stand for that. He's one of the leaders, and he's trying to lead us in worship, right? So he wants to lead us in singing. And so when we have somebody leading us in prayer or leading us in an offering or leading us in the Word, then do as you're led. Follow. Open up to the Scriptures. Read them. Let the Word sink in. And be encouraged by them. Share them with others, just as you've learned today. You don't have to be a Paul. You don't have to be a Timothy. You just have to be yourself. And you have to be Hague. In the church of God. So we have that personal responsibility. We're told to pay our taxes. Look at uh, chapter 13 verse 6. This is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants. Who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. And if you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. In honor, then honor. Wow. Let no debt, verse 8 says, remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. You will never fully pay that debt. So let that continuing debt always be there. That you owe your love and respect to the other people of God. To, uh, to the others in God's family. You owe that. That's what God said. And he's the governing authority. It's not me. It's not, I made up this mushy word and now you have to do it. No. God said it. And he wants you to comply. And it's for your good. Because as you love people, what happens to you? You become a, a lovely person. It's not just loving the lovely people. It's loving everyone. And you thereby benefit and become more lovely yourself. Praise the Lord. So let no outstanding debt remain except to love one another. Or, as it says in another translation, owe to no man anything except to love him. Okay? All right. So you've presented your body to God as a living sacrifice. You've shown personal responsibility and submitting authority and paying your taxes, whatever it is that you owe. And then, I want you to purposefully pray for the week. Look at chapter 14. Purposefully pray for the week. Chapter 14 says, Accept him whose faith is weak, without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. By the way, have you ever had those, you know, the people, those vegans and what have you in there telling you that you need to love the animals and so forth? And I do tell them I love the animals. I love chicken, and I love beef, and, you know, all that stuff. And somebody said, you know, well, wait a minute, you know, so then they kind of put it back on the vegans. Well, what's with you guys, you know? You say you love animals, and yet you're eating their food. You know, so, I mean, you can look at it different ways. But we're not supposed to pass judgment on disputable things. It doesn't matter if you're a vegan or if you're only a carnivore. I happen to be an omnivore. If it's there, I'm going to eat it. I find, I find a way to make it palatable somehow. Okay? So there's, there's this uh, purposeful prayer for the week. What do we want to do for them? Pray for them. You know? 
Pray for them either to be more open or pray for them that, you know, that they, their bodies won't rot away. Have you ever looked at some people, they're so healthy, their teeth are rotten? And, you know why? Because they're only drinking vinegar and eating, you know, strained vegetables and what have you. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with vegetables. Just put some fat in there, some bacon or something, you know, something. To, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, no, we're all trying to eat healthier, and that's good. That's good. But if one person only eats this and one person eats that, those are things that, you know, does it really matter that much? Does it really matter? It matters more that we love one another and we accept each other. And we're there for one another. So we want to, to purposefully pray for those who might be, in our eyes, weak. By the way, they may be looking at us and say, oh, this boy's really weak. You know, we were both thinking the same thing. You know, I'm weak. You know, you know they're the ones that are weak and we're praying for them. That's all right. Then who's going to be praying for each other? We're, we're all praying for, for one another. So it's a win-win situation. So whether you think you're strong or whether you think you're weak, either way, you're benefiting by it. All right. So that's what you see there. In uh, chapter 15, verse 1, it says, We who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And each one of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. That goes along with that other passage we were sharing a moment earlier about not, you know, thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. You know, we're not all that. So we should pray for one another. We should build up one another. We should please others for their good. For their good. Not just for ourselves or what we can get out of it. Amen. I hope you're on board with that. So you learned a little bit so far. Presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice. You've learned personal responsibility, and that includes going under the lordship of the Lord, His authority, and so forth, which includes taxes. You know, those those are there in which whichever. By the way, there was a um, a Old Testament priest who basically said, "Hmm, Abraham, remember, pay taxes to him." season. He gave a tenth of his income, his earnings, to that great high priest, by the way, who is a picture to me of Christ of the New Testament. And what was he doing? Was he doing it to further that priest's ministry, or was he doing it because he recognized that person was greater than himself? So he was submitting himself his authority to the authority of the great high priest Melchizedek. He was showing that he was higher than me. And when we, like that, like that little book you're talking about, Jeremy, uh, you know, think that God isn't that big, yeah, he is. John said, I must decrease, but you must increase. And by the way, the closer we get to the Lord, how much bigger he really is. We notice and how small we really are in comparison to who God is. Wow. Wow. The awesomeness of the living God. He's great. He's great and mighty to be praised. We say that word, He's awesome. Awesome, dude. Yeah, did you see that wave, man? Killer wave, dude. They're awesome. You know, we say, awesome. Oh, this is an awesome burger, whatever. Well, but that's not the, that's not the idea behind who God is. He is awesome beyond awesome comparison. He's so awesome that we cannot comprehend. 
That's why people fall down in the presence of God. That's why people feel like they're blinded. That's why people fall prey and just, you know, collapse. That's why every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's why God, our God, is awesome. So remember to keep that perspective that God really is awesome. Well, now we're praying for the week, right? Chapter 14, except the one who is weak without passing judgment on him. In chapter 15, verse 1, we who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak. Not only to please ourselves, but we do it without passing judgment. And there I want, to, uh, I want you to look at chapter 14, verse 13. We want to do it without judgment. Here, Romans 14, verse 13. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way as one who is in the Lord. And I'm fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. Remember what uh, Peter had to learn in Acts? One of the things that Peter had to learn is that everything that God gives you is to be received if it's received with gratitude. And if he tells you, like he told Peter, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. Remember the four corners that were being held and there was every delicacy and every, you know, the shrimp, lobster, you know, I mean, all the stuff that was considered unclean in the altar pork, you know. All those things that were considered unclean were no longer unclean and Peter was to receive those. But no, I'm, I'm a good Jew. No, Lord, you know I've never touched that stuff. I would never touch that. It's unclean. It's defiled. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. Really. So he tells them again, Arise, Peter, kill him. Oh no, not me, not these lips. I'm a good Jew. I'm orthodox. I followed your precepts from the very beginning. I've never touched that stuff. And what was the message that God's angel brought to Peter? What God has made clean, don't let anybody call unclean. Unclean. The thing that Paul was dealing with right here in chapter uh, 14 of Romans is some of the people were going to the discount market and buying meat on the cheap. Well, that meat on the cheap had been purchased already at full price, bought by those who wanted to offer that meat to their God. And now, hey, this meat's just sitting around. No one's touching it. So what do they do? Put it back in the marketplace. And so now people could come and they could buy that meat and they could get it a little bit cheaper. And so they were eating meat that was sacrificed to idols. And some were saying that they were prudent. They were buying it less, less expensive. And others were saying, I would never eat meat that was sacrificed to idols. Anything that was given up to another foreign god, I would not touch. And whichever way, what Paul is sharing with the church at Rome is that whatever, if it, you know, if it doesn't matter, I mean, at the end of the day, what, what is it? Meat. If it offends you, then don't eat it. But if it doesn't offend you, then okay. But if it offends your brother, then don't do it in his presence. You see all these types of things, we need to be considerate of others. But we also shouldn't be judgmental of others, if we can. Okay? Which one of you is going to point the finger at somebody else 
and not have three other fingers pointing right back at him to let him know or let you know how much you too have fallen short of the glory of God. Remember you? Hmm? Before you thought you had it all together? Yeah. The Lord called you, brought you to himself, forgave you of your sin. And by the way, when I say your sin, I'm thinking of my own at the same time. So, I mean, it's, it's almost hard to say those words because, you know, it, it comes right back. So be careful what you do. Be careful not to pass judgment on others. We need to be more accepting. What would happen if God says, here's my criteria? And by the way, that the criteria is laid out in Scripture. Jesus said, I would that you were perfect even as my Father in heaven is perfect. How many live up to it? Perfection? Anybody? I don't see any hands. What kind of a service is this? Are you guys awake or not? Anybody perfect? Nobody. Wow. And if nobody's perfect, no wonder we understand when that couple that was caught in the midst of adultery was brought before Jesus. And then they wondered, oh boy, we got him now. If he says this, we'll get him here. If he says that, then we got him there. And what happened? He simply took a little time, drew on the sand. We speculate what he did. But eventually when he looked back up, what did he say to everybody? Let him, right? Let the person that has no sin, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. I, I feel pretty safe. Nobody's going to throw any rocks at me, right? So I feel pretty safe. As long as you recognize that you too have fallen short of the glory of God. Hopefully we've covered that passage already, okay? I don't want to see any rocks coming my way. Oranges, tomatoes, okay, I understand. I understand. You don't like what you heard? Okay, I'll take a tomato in the face for that. Just not a rock, okay? Ah, we're coming to the end, folks. This is basically everything that I wanted to share today. That when we look at the things that are around us and people aren't complying with what we think is the best, or what's right, you know, it's not good. Hopefully you don't have a haughty attitude. Like I remember my daughter, and I still share this illustration from time to time with others. She worked in Orange County at Irvine Hospital, and she's, you know, doing a bang-up job. She, she, it comes around time for her birthday, and all her people want to, you know, take her out for, for lunch to a nice place. And so she's saying, okay, what about Red Lobster, you know? And maybe some of you are saying, that's cool, cool. I like Red Lobster. Great. And they're going, oh, gosh, that must be like from the 909, you know? Uh, it's like, you know, they're all OC. We would Red Lobster, you know? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it's a pretty good place. By the way, anybody wants to take me out? Or, uh, no, um... You know, and we, we can do that to some people. And, I, you know, I find myself doing that when people say they want to go to McDonald's. Why do I want to go to a place that already chews the food before I can eat it? It's so highly processed, I can't enjoy it. You know? I mean, it might smell good as you're driving by or, you know, good, fast, quick, cheap, whatever. But oh, it's like, oh, I get this huge letdown. Why did I eat that? You know? 
Because it's good, full, you know, filling and fast and, you know, all that. And it smells good, right? <laughs> now I'm getting flustered because I didn't have my, uh, my uh, McDonald's this morning, right? Um, try to get that out of your system. Mm. Takes, takes a while. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't, and see, at the same time, I, I say that we shouldn't do that to others. I do that as well. You do that. But just be mindful of it and do it less. And do it less. Why do they live like that? You know, why do they do that? Be patient with them. Remember that? Be patient with me. God's not through with me yet, you know, that kind of thing. Be patient with one another. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Be with one another. Do all those things. Don't pass judgment on others. Remember that you too have been bought with a price. You too have been shown great love and great mercy. You too have been forgiven by God and been offered his gracious salvation. You too were made to be a child of God. Wow. Wow. What a great heritage is ours in the family of God. What a great possession we have that we can never lose. God has given us that. Enjoy it. Share it. Revel in it. You are a child of God's kingdom. You belong to Him. He owns you. He wants you to submit to His authority. And He wants you to owe to no man anything except to love Him. He wants you to do those things that are decent and orderly in the church. And He also wants you, like this song shared, is to pass that information on to others who will be able to teach others also. Faithful man who will bear the truth of the gospel of God and share that with others. Taking the truth and the love of God and giving it to others. You cannot lose your life by giving away the gospel. God wants you to be uh, His child, His faithful and only child, as it were. Remember, uh, the Lord Jesus was the only begotten of the Father. But we're also told that we're joint heirs with Jesus. So what does that make us? You came from God too. And as far as He's concerned, you're His only child. He loves each one of us just like that. Like we were His only child. Even though He loves every one of us individually in that same, same way. Great. Since we are made in the image of God, let us also do those things that please Him and honor Him. Will you stand with me and let's be dismissed? I want to share the uh, last verse from the last verse from the Book of Romans. I don't know why I closed the book here. Reading these uh, this last couple, three verses. It says, Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but has now been revealed and now made known through the prophetic writings of the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him to the only wise God. Be glory forever to our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for giving us this time. We pray that everything that was done this day in this place would have been 
honorable to you and would have been done decently and in order as we learn from 1 Corinthians 14.40. Thank you for your word today, Lord. We thank you for all that we uh, have learned and all that we've been reminded again to do and to be, to know. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.